Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Halfway through our first show of the work week. First full week of November, which is a lot to digest as well. Man, the weeks are flying now. Inside of six weeks until I'm not with you for back-to-back NFL Sundays. And you know what? I used to think that that was something that I would never do or never say. But 2023 is a whole new year in my life. (laughs) Hope you had a great weekend. Mine was a mixed bag. But at least I had one at home, which there aren't very many weekends at home left in the rest of the year. Gosh, you guys, we're inside of three weeks to Thanksgiving. And many people are already talking about Christmas. You go to grocery stores or, in my case, go to Super Walmart to do your grocery shopping. And there's an entire quarter of the store that is set aside for Christmas decorations already. We just got through Halloween. And trust me, they were out there before Halloween. Can I tell you that I went to the mall this weekend? I went to Macy's. Blasting throughout the entire store no. the second I walk in. No, Christmas, Christmas music. music is here already. Stop I couldn't it. believe it. Stop Christmas music. Blasting. It's the store. not even remotely Christmas. De- not even hit Black Friday yet. And, oh and there, there's God. Christmas deals. There's all like the color themes are out there. It's, oh. it's, it's here. No, it's not here. I, I couldn't believe it. First of all, we're not rushing Christmas because I'm getting married the weekend before Christmas. So we're not rushing to Christmas. But also, that's insane. <laughs> Look, how is anyone in the Christmas spirit right now? I don't understand it. Way too it. early. Oh, yeah. And I like Christmas and all, but it's just fake. too early. Let's no, it's enjoy fake. it when it's time. Exactly. It's, it's, not, it's not time. It doesn't feel like time. Oi. <laughs> Jay loves the mall. I go to Walmart, get out of there as quickly as possible. Jay soaks in the mall atmosphere. I it's, got a pretzel. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So did a lot of the guys who were in Frankfurt, Germany. Apparently, they were serving pretzels in the press boxes. Not just that, but you were able to get them all over the place around the stadium. First ever NFL game in Frankfurt, and it was your choice for the After Hours game of the week. We'll get to all of the dirty deets coming up here in in the next couple minutes. Uh, but if you want to take our poll for After Hours Monday MVP, that is available on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, and then also on our Facebook page. If you missed my conversation with Mike Petralia in the wake of Sunday Night Football, Bengals beat the Bills again for a fifth straight matchup. 
And so we'll talk more about that an hour from now as we round into our early morning East Coast audience. And they're just waking up and and shaking the cobwebs out and figuring out what they missed. Uh, also, the Ravens blasted the Seahawks. So those two teams in the AFC North come away with wins, as do the Cleveland Browns, toughest division in football. Eagles and Cowboys, they don't quite duel to the death, but it does seem like that sometimes when these NFC East rivals get together. We've still got few more games that we haven't even touched on yet, but we're doing really well. Uh, the theme for this weekend well, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times for quarterbacks. Uh, but one of the themes is rookie quarterbacks. We've now seen nine of them start this season in the NFL. Nine of them. That's extraordinary. Head and shoulders above the rest, C.J. Stroud. And we'll get to the Texans and the Buccaneers after the update at the bottom of the hour. So we are getting to all of it, all of the big moments and the jaw droppers and head scratchers from week nine in the NFL with still Jets and Chargers to come. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I mean, the Jets are in line for a possible playoff spot. They're at least competing, which is crazy. But Aaron Rodgers is sure if they can get just get to the playoffs, he's going to come out and be Josh Dobbs. Oh, no one ever said that ever in the history of the world. It's totally fine. <laughs> Nothing like having the ball in your hands. <laughs> and watching Josh Dobbs totally fine. engineer a late-game comeback for one of your former rivals. All right, so pretzels. Football, food and football, that's perfect. In Frankfurt, you know, I love the alliteration. Did you notice it was primarily Chiefs fans? They were dressed in red. They were loud. They were obnoxious. They came to see a show. Second and 10 now from the 11. Kansas City's opening possession. Mahomes, quick out. This is caught by Rice. Rice trying to guide his way into the end zone. He scores. Touchdown. Following his blockers. An easy score for Rasheed Rice. Touchdown, Kansas City. Our first touchdown in Frankfurt today. McKinnon is the running back. Mahomes retreating, pressure on the outside, dumps it, McKinnon at the 15-10, McKinnon the Jet, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, the Jet has flown all the way across the Atlantic and into the end zone, a 17-yard route out of the backfield by Jarek McKinnon, and the Chiefs have a two-touchdown lead. Bill Rosinski on Westwood One and Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. And yeah, the Chiefs start the half quickly with a touchdown on their opening drive. And then it's kind of slow and sloggy. I don't know if that's a word. It's slow and sloppy and sloggy. They're in the middle of that first half. Lots of punts. But then an eight and a half minute drive that goes 95 yards for the Chiefs. They settle in and Jarek McKinnon caps it with a 17 yard catch and run for the score. Now late in the first half is the moment that I'm talking about when I say jaw dropping. I promise you this will be a candidate for TD of the week. Second and seven. For the Dolphins at the Kansas City 30. Chiefs lead 14 to nothing. They'll throw it in the near side. Tyreek Hill hit right in the stomach. Fumbles the ball. Picked up by Kansas City. Tyreek Hill with the catch and a fumble recovery up the sideline. Here comes Mike. It's it. Brian Cook. 10-5. Touchdown. Kansas City. Mike Edwards hit Tyreek Hill right 
right in the stomach. The ball came out, and Brian Cook would not let the play in. They pitch it over to Cook from Edwards. It's a 67-yard fumble return for a touchdown <laughs> after Edwards took the ball and scooped it to Brian Cook. There's a lot happening. You can hear Dane and Hughes giggling behind Mitch Holtis. Okay, so let's sort through this, and then I want you to hear some of the reaction to that play specifically. Right before halftime, Tyreek Hill, former chief, of course, facing his team for the first time, even though it's in Frankfurt. He's stripped by Trent McDuffie. So that's the name you don't hear there. He's actually stripped perfectly. McDuffie goes to wrap him up, and as he's doing it, he chops the ball away. So the ball comes out, and it's Mike Edwards who recovers it. But he goes a couple yards, and he feels he feels arms, and he feels like he's going to get tackled around his feet. And so in this unbelievably heads-up moment, in the thick of the action, he laterals to Brian Cook. Now, keep in mind, these guys are likely practicing laterals at times during practice, and not because it's a, a, a defensive normality, but because a lot of times late-game situations, maybe you're trying to extend a play, you need a score, and you've got 10 seconds, and laterals are the only way to advance the ball down the field. So they do practice those types of situations, I wouldn't say often, but it's not as though they aren't in tune with the fact that you can lateral and find a teammate. But just in that moment, Mike Edwards about to get tackled, and he shuffles the ball to Brian Cook, who goes full-bore speedster up the right sideline. Did you see him? He looked like a track star. Probably was a track star. He motors 59 yards up the side for a touchdown that puts the Chiefs in front 21 zip. Okay, so I want you to hear from Mike Edwards, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, just an incredible moment that deserves some reaction. I felt Tyreek on my ankle, so I was about to get tackled, and I was like, nah, we got we to gotta get this on. We got to do something else. So uh, I kind of looked back, and I seen my boy BC, and I was like, <laughs> I trusted him. That was sweet. I mean, obviously, a uh, <laughs> huge play in the game. Um, but uh, the, the way they were able to not only make the big hit, strip the ball, um, I think it was Mike that picked it up and then pitched it to, to Cook, and Cook was rolling, man. It, it, I'd say it looked like he was like the anchor leg of a 4 by one in yes! track. So he yes! got those knees up and was rolling down the field. So a uh, uh, huge play that obviously mattered a ton at, at the end of the game. He came up and smacked him, first of all. I mean, that was a pretty aggressive hit. Uh, and it was a catch and then an immediate hit. And then he just went right for the ball, punching it down, which is which is tough to do as you lay a lick on him like that, like he did. So, um, but he, he's a he's a heck of a football player. The science of one of the more unique moments week nine in the NFL, and I'm sure it didn't matter at all that it was against Tyreek Hill, who said to us that the Chiefs were going to get the work or get them work or get this work or I don't remember exactly how he phrased it, but you know. He's got that cheetah grin on his face, and he was going to give the business to the Chiefs defense, except the Chiefs defense caught him for a fumble and then not only scooped it up, but then scored with it on a lateral. Well, that had to feel good for Tyreek Hill. They're going to get this work wherever, though. Right. Well, this time it was in Frankfurt. It's a, they did do the work. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. So 21 nothing at the half. And actually, this is maybe a little concerning. The Chiefs don't score in the second half. So that's not great. 
We know they've been inconsistent still offensively. Mahomes gets sacked and he fumbles. So Bradley Chubb, speaking of business, Bradley Chubb was all up in his grill the entire second half. Miami's able to get then a quick touchdown and they'll use that ground game as much as they love what Tyreek can do through the air. So now the Dolphins with new life on this drive. They're at the 13 of Kansas City. It's first down and 10. Pitch play. Trying to turn the left side. Mostert at the 10, at the 5. Touchdown, Dolphins. Touchdown, Raheem Mostert. And that huge penalty, uncalled for by the Chiefs, gives the Dolphins new life and a touchdown, and we've got a game. Chiefs 21, Dolphins 13, 22 seconds to go in the third quarter. Bill Rosinski on Westwood 1. Yeah, he refers to a Chris Jones penalty that was just a bonehead moment. Chris is a veteran. He should know better. I don't know if there was jawing, what was happening, but they stop, they, meaning the Chiefs defense, stops Tua and the Dolphins offense on third down, they're walking off. The, well, they should have been. He should have been walking off the field. And instead, he shoves an offensive lineman, knocks him over when the play is done. There was no reason for that. So it gives the Dolphins new life and ultimately leads to the touchdown. So that was costly. I can imagine he's going to get an earful or, or should get an earful from his teammates for that moment. So it's 21-14 late in the third quarter, and there is a last chance for the Miami Dolphins. And once again, Raheem Mostert. So I like the fact that that Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins, they were persistent. They had a sense of urgency, but they weren't going to forsake the run game. And Raheem was able to reel off a pair of chunk runs. So then they have four snaps at it. But one thing I say about the Chiefs defense is that they are opportunistic. Certainly, they're going to be overlooked many times because of what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs can do on offense. That's a given. It's flashy. It's gaudy on offense. But the defense is full of veterans. Guys who have been on the same stage, AFC championships, pressure pack moments, Super Bowls, and they know how to rise the occasion. So I call them an opportunistic defense that plays the best when the game is on the line. Fourth down and 10 Miami ball game here and a bad snap. Tua's got a fall on it and that'll do it. A bad snap. Tua had to run back and just fall on the football back at the 44 yard line. Kansas City will take over on downs. One minute left in the game. Only one timeout for the Dolphins. And the Chiefs can take a knee and head back to the States with a victory. That was a tremendous achievement. You know, and obviously we got to keep it going. Uh, you're, you're just as good as that next game that you play in. But that was a heck of an achievement. Uh, uh, Steve Spagnuolo did a great job with scheming it. Um, and the players executed very well. Andy Reid referring to his defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo as they hold the Dolphins to 14 points and all of those coming in the third quarter and some of them coming because of the Chiefs' mistakes. So they put 21 on the board but don't score in the second half and the defense makes it stand up, which was huge. As for Mahomes, he does have a couple of touchdowns, but he's under 200 yards. Also had that fumble there in the second half. And... Still, the offense is stop and start. It sputters at times. 
I think you can see it in spurts. Um, you look at the first drive, you look at the 90-yard drive that we had. Um, you can see that we can do it. Um, it's just about being consistent every single drive and uh, obviously um, penalties and then me not connecting on guys deep down the field um, hurt us. Um, but uh, luckily for us, our defense is playing their tail off and we got the win. Kansas City didn't score in the second half. Um, one of the plays, you know, towards the ending of the half, that's something we got to go and talk about. But now I'm very proud of our defense, how they played. And uh, there's, there's, some, there's some things that we need to clean up and fix, um, you know, going into this bye week, getting ready for our next opponent. So Tua and the Dolphins, they have had some extremely impressive wins. All right, they scored 70 in a game earlier this season. But if you look at their schedule, what stands out is against the better teams on their schedule, against the best teams in the NFL or the toughest competition, they've come up short. Now, that game in Western New York against the Bills, they got shellacked. That was their first loss in the first six weeks. But then on the road at Philadelphia... They lose by two scores, and now against the Chiefs in Germany, clearly going to be the top competition in the AFC, they're unable to generate enough offense. It's only the first half of the season. There's a bunch more games to go, and the Dolphins are 6-3. and They still haven't had their bye, but these are good gauges to recognize where we fall short And I think it's also a good gauge for the Chiefs. Recognizing the Dolphins as an up-and-coming team in the AFC, how do we match up? Never underestimate the Chiefs, still. It's still a thing in 2023. Although I think people are far more cautious about it this year after predicting their demise in 22, and they only end up as Super Bowl champions. That was sweet. (laughs) One more thing to note about this game in Frankfurt, and there is another one next week. Shoot, the Patriots are in it, but I for, is it Patriots-Colts? I think it might be Pats-Colts, but okay, so good. Jay gives me the thumbs up. Something else to note, and it's really a topic of conversation. The Chiefs and the Dolphins did completely different travel schedules. The Dolphins were there for, I think, four days. They showed up middle of the week to be on the schedule to be ready to go. The Chiefs didn't arrive till Friday. That's the plan that they've used in the past. It's worked for them even though this is Germany and not London. They didn't appear to have any type of jet lag, any type of mental or physical fatigue to start the game. Nah, their best two quarters were the first ones. Were they perfect? No. But they came out with a lot of energy. So there's probably some science to the travel, but I really do think it depends on personnel. And a lot of times it depends on experience. Oh, and certainly helps if three-quarters of the crowd is chanting Chiefs and (laughs) is on your side. That'll give you a lift as well. So Dolphins fall to 6-3. and They miss an opportunity to pick up a full game on the Bills. And this is crazy to me, but this is how the standings look in the AFC East. With the Jets playing on Monday night, they can actually remain in second place ahead of the Bills. Now, if they lose, they'll fall to third place. But right now, it's Dolphins at 6-3, and three, Jets at 4-3, and three, Bills at 5-4. and four. And we haven't gotten to the Patriots yet. We will. But straight ahead, in the AFC West, 
The Raiders are in second place behind the Chiefs. The Raiders, who fired their coach and their GM midweek and promoted a linebacker's coach who has zero experience as the man in charge. And yet there's already a change in the locker room. The spirit is different. And boy, did it show on the field Sunday. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, vote for the After Hours Game of... No, not Game of the Week. The After Hours Monday MVP. You picked the Game of the Week. That was it. Also on our Facebook page. Thanks for hanging out with us. Good Monday morning to you. I hope you can't hear my stomach growling. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. under center snap to hand up to the receiver Myers are on the left side 15-10 block from Adams cuts inside touchdown Raiders a jet sweep to the left and Jacoby Myers takes it for a 17-yard touchdown run and the opening drive of the game for the Raiders puts him up 6-0 with 9.45 to go in the first hits misses and messes Time to talk football after hours with Amy Lawrence. The Giants, as it turns out, were the sacrificial lamb for the brand new Raiders. We knew there was a distinct possibility they would come out with all kinds of fire and energy and spirit after hearing Antonio Pierce the last few days taking over as the interim head coach for the fire, Josh McDaniels. It felt lighter. We talked to our Vegas insider, Hondo Carpenter, on our Thursday night show, and he talked about how fired up the locker room was after hearing from Antonio, that they weren't planning on giving up, they were going to continue to go for it, and they were going to find ways to incorporate their stars and to make sure guys like Devontae Adams, Josh Do- uh, Josh Dobbs, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby. These are guys that can really set a tone for the Raiders. And Antonio Pierce wanted them to feel winning, wanted them to go out there and play with wild abandon, and that they did. That first touchdown on Raiders radio with Jason Horowitz came right before a moment for the Giants that really – knock them completely off base. So whether or not they were going to be competitive in this game, that became a whole lot more challenging once they lost their quarterback. Shotgun set, Breida in motion left. Jones takes the snap and falls down. It's knee. The Just knee. fell down and the knee gave out yeah, from him. the leg gave out on him, Bob. They're going to have to have that taped or something if he can go, but the leg just gave out on him. Yeah, as he went to drop back to throw, his right knee just gave out from under him. So Daniel Jones is back in the game after missing a few weeks with a neck injury just long enough to hurt his knee. And while he was able to walk off the field, this was one of those injuries that is the worst type. And... Because it was a, a step, a weird step, that always is scarier. According to reports, the Giants fear a torn ACL for Daniel Jones, which just sucks for him. Here we are into early November. He just got back on the field. Brian Dayball talked about it after the fact. 
that he was so excited and had worked so well, as excited as Daniel ever is, but he had worked so hard to get back from the neck injury and to be ready to go over his team. And he doesn't even last the first quarter of this one. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Man, how things have changed since the offseason. When Daniel Jones got the fat contract, Saquon Barkley was slapped with the franchise tag until he finally signs a deal. And the two of them together, it's just been like ships passing in the night. You don't know until you have to get an MRI. Um, so, you know, pray, pray for him. And um, he knows that guy's back no matter what. We got his back no matter what. Still, without Daniel Jones, I've already heard the T word on New York radio as in tanking with a half of the season to go. No one's tanking for Vegas. That's not happening. They shift back to the rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. And yeah, they give the ball more to Josh Jacobs so that he can be the bell cow. O'Connell's under center. Jacobs the lone tailback. Snap. Hand off Jacobs, cuts in the hole, right side at the one, pushing forward, touchdown Raiders! O'Connell is under center, he gives it to Jacobs, following the offensive lineman at the goal line. The ball is loose, but they call it a touchdown! Josh Jacobs reached it over the goal line before it popped out of his hands. His second rushing touchdown of the day, and the Robertson pick is a Jacobs touchdown, and it's 20 to nothing here late in the second. We wanted to do it for AP, man. I think we all came to that conclusion. We all sat down and was like, man, no matter how this go, like, we're going to play with everything we got for that man, you know, just because, you know, the position he's in um, and however it go, he's going to be, the, you know, the face of the ridicule. So we wanted to go out there and play for him. Josh Jacobs, just shy of 100 yards. And in fact, he was over 100. And then there was a late uh, tackle for loss that pushed him back behind uh, that century mark. But 26 carries, 98 yards, a couple of touchdowns that you hear on Raiders radio. And he says right away, we wanted to do this for AP Antonio Pierce. The rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, over 200 yards. He was turnover free. And Devontae Adams, this is a guy who had openly lamented how bad it had become and that he was so frustrated. Everybody sounds different now. Execution. You, you figured it out. Um, you know, obviously we were put in a good position by the, by the staff, but went out there and, and, and made it count. Everybody bought in this week, and, you know, we were determined to, to, to make it look different. And, you know, like I said there, early in the week, just put it together in hopes of seeing a different product, and that's what happened. Pride and poison. Just getting back to being ourselves, you know what I mean? Uh, everything that's going on is in front of us, not behind us. And the team effort you saw today um, is what we displayed in practice on Thursday and Friday, and I'm proud of those guys for that. Second of all, you've had great wins as a player, but where does your first head coaching win rank? It's up there. My stomach was, uh, I had them butterflies before the game. Uh, that hasn't happened but two other times in my life, and um, it was special, very special. I actually heard the extended comments from Antonio Pierce. He went on about what it was like to coach in his first ever game in the NFL. And maybe we can grab that for later on or maybe even later on this week because he talked about how grateful he is for the opportunity with the Raiders and how even if it's only these next nine games, it'll it'll be special to him regardless. And he talked about an organization that has a black head coach, but also has a female president and a black general manager and that he 
he recognizes that these opportunities are are not every day and and they don't come around for everyone. Um, and so he we really wanted to underscore the fact that he was going to make the most of the time that he had, regardless of what happens after this. And he also talked about <laughs> the two times that he's ever had butterflies, and this being one of them, right? Uh, this is a Super Bowl winner, for heaven's sakes, but this is a completely different arena. And the team obviously responded and played not just hard for him, but celebrated with him. I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, you know, if you check it out on Raiders Twitter, he's in the locker room and they're exulting with him. And right away, I noticed there's cigars everywhere. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of cigars fired up in the locker room. Uh, they were they were in Vegas, so this was a, a home game for them, road game for the Giants. But Max Crosby is <laughs> front and center with a big cigar hanging out of his mouth. And he had three sacks and three quarterback hits. Um, and they had a season high in points by halftime. Now, you can say what you want against the Giants, but the Giants' defense is no slouch. I know the offense is really scuffling right now, and Tommy DeVito had to take over for Daniel Jones. That's not a recipe for success, as much as I applaud him for making the NFL. But the Raiders, now at 4-5, and five, are second place in the AFC West, and there is an opportunity here. The division itself, other than the Chiefs, Provides an opportunity. Now the Chargers play Monday night against the Jets. But the Chargers and the Broncos only have three wins each. So if the Raiders can, I don't know, split the games in their division and get to eight wins or nine wins or even beyond that, certainly they'll be in the mix for wild cards. I don't know how it breaks down. It's really thick in the middle in the AFC. You've got a few teams have separated themselves from the pack. But then you've got the entire AFC North that it's in playoff position. You've got the Texans. Heck, you've even got the Colts right now who are sitting on four wins. So it's not an easy road, but it is possible. Especially if they play the way they did. And and getting back to Raider football is what Antonio Pierce called it. So congratulations to him for his first ever win. Uh, We'll wait to hear the news on Daniel Jones. It would be such a gut punch for him, for the Giants. Regardless of the contract, they need him to find any kind of consistency. And what does this mean if the rest of the season is a total dud? What does it mean for Saquon Barkley in the offseason, who right now is just on a one-year deal? There's all kinds of questions and implications. The offensive line is still no closer to being a force. They continue to have injuries to their two best players on the line. It's just a, it's a disaster. One year after they make the playoffs and Brian Dayball is the NFL coach of the year. But still, I have to go. So I guess there's opportunities there as well. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also, check out our show Twitter for the Monday MVP poll. I voted for Josh Dobbs myself. In fact, I'm even writing my CBS Sports Minute about Josh Dobbs. Uh, coming up next, though, C.J. Stroud. Whoo, what a head turner. A record-setting performance in a comeback victory for the Texans with their rookie QB. Here's our latest sports update. And here's, oh, I didn't even see that. (laughs) Producer Jay put a note for me on the screen. It was really nice, but I didn't see it until just now. We'll get back to it. So let's, let's, (laughs) let's give Peter Schwartz his time. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. (laughs) 
throws downfield over the middle, and he's got a man Brown, left side, 50, 40, left sideline, full throttle, 20, 15, 10, 5, fighting for the goal line, and he's got it! Touchdown, Houston, rock and roll, 75 yards! CJ in the gun, gets the snap, pumps, now fires deep down the right side, and tag down, touchdown, Houston! A TD to tag down! Go Cougs! Texas down one. CJ Stroud with some lightning on this drive. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody. On After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. I don't know if you could see it or if they could feel it on the sidelines, but man, the way the Texans came out of the halftime locker room and how they boosted that sense of urgency and found another gear, it was impressive. With Mark Vandermeer on Texans Radio, Noah Brown goes 75 yards with a catch and run for a score. Tank Dell hauls in a 29-yard touchdown, and C.J. Stroud Played the half of his life. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, the fourth quarter was wild. Maybe the best quarter of the entire NFL weekend. Though, I suppose we could debate about that. But Houston started out that final quarter with yet another score. Thanks to a Tampa Bay three and out. It was a short field. Three receivers left. C.J. Stroud in the gun. One back Singletary Dell motioning to the right. Fourth and goal. From the nine, Stroud gets the snap. Stroud, quick throw, right side, caught, touchdown! Dalton Schultz, the Texans are in front on fourth and goal. They convert. What a rocket from C.J. Stroud to the tight end. Oh, he was busy throwing rockets, all right. And then they were setting off rockets as well. They were off to the races in the fourth quarter. Get this, 31 total points between the Bucks and the Texans. Three lead changes. So Tampa wasn't done, right? Uh, The Buccaneers get back in front, and they're inside of the final minute. But you know how much, uh, you know how much, Baker Mayfield loves a challenge and how much he loves to fly around also uh, like he's a poor man's Brett Favre and, and just chuck and duck. And so, yes, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've got a quarterback who's not intimidated in these situations. No running back to the backfield. Robert Hainsey to snap to Baker Mayfield. Low snap. Dug out by Mayfield. Throws toward the end zone. Caught ball. Is it how long to? Is it caught? It yeah. is a cut. Is Tate it a Dodden. touchdown? Tate Dodden takes the seam route over the middle. He held on to it, and the crowd booing and thought they thought he had dropped the ball, but Auden hanged on. And the Buccaneers have taken the lead with 46 seconds to go. Yeah, Kate Otten's second touchdown in this game comes with 46 seconds remaining. That's, oh, Vander, I forgot his name. Gene Deckerhoff, thank you. I'm going Vandermeer and I'm going Deckerhoff. Uh, Gene there with the call. He's been the play-by-play voice of the Bucks and actually Florida State football for a very long time. Now, this drive, no doubt, stuck with D'Amico Ryans, who is a former defensive player himself and now the first-year head coach of the Texans because not only did Tampa convert on a third and 23 
with that and then the fourth down conversion. Uh, but there were a couple of times where it seemed like the Texans had them stopped and they just wriggled out of biz- out of trouble and, and f- kept their business going. So I was impressed with Baker Mayfield on this drive. Uh, the problem is Houston still had a few seconds remaining uh, to come up with one big score and an exclamation point for the home fans. And C.J. Stroud, five for five through the air on the last drive. Four of the catches from his receivers were over 10 yards. So we're talking chunk play after chunk play, and the Buccaneers' defense had no answers. Stroud in the gun, empty backfield after motion. First down to the Bucs, 15. 10 seconds to go. C.J. gets the snap. C.J. looking, throwing to the end zone. Yes! 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 With the reception. Rock and roll. My goodness. There are flags on the field. Could be on the defense. What a comeback. Go Kooks. <laughs> Let's go. Here's the call from Land Clark. Bring us some good news. After the play, unfortunately, conduct. Defense number 54. Are you kidding? You know, a few weeks ago, you said, Houston, we have a quarterback. That was a few years ago, but yes. You know, a few years ago. I thought you said a few weeks ago. Uh, that is the defining moment of the welcome to Houston, C.J. Stroud. That is the moment right there. Chase route was nasty. I didn't get to watch it. I just threw it. Um, <laughs> but I just had to take care of the safety. Um, they're in quarters. Um, once the safety buys by the inside route, I throw the outside route. And his job is to beat the corner. And um, the Texans win. So um, that drive, man, it, it was special. And um, that's something in this league I'm learning, man. You got to be great two-minute. Um, and for me, I just want the ball. Just give me the ball. Uh, call to play it. I'm going to go make a play. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the win. The game-winning score was six seconds to go. So that drive took 40 seconds for C.J. Stroud and his receivers. As for Tank Dell, the reason you hear on the call, go Cougs, is because Tank Dell is a Houston Cougar. So he graduated from Houston and uh, also a rookie like C.J. Hauls in that 15-yarder from his quarterback. And, man, what a connection those two already have. CJ, man, he's different. I've been saying that since Ricky Minute Camp, since um, Fall Camp Autumn, man. CJ's different, man. He he told us to stay po- um, poised and be ready. Be ready. So that's what we did. We was ready and, you know, we executed. Six catches for him, two of them touchdowns, over 100 yards for the rookie. So a big day as well. But CJ Stroud gobbling up the yeoman share of the headlines and the attention because he set a new single game passing record for rookies. 470 yards surpassing what Andrew Luck did in his first season with the Colts. 470 yards, five touchdowns, and just as impressive, no turnovers for CJ. I'm saying on the field, man, like, we're going through a lot. Um, and I just remember, like, just uh, actually, we were actually in our chapel and. Uh, our pastor was talking about like worship when you're away. So basically, worship like when things are aren't the greatest, and that's the true testament to faith. Um, and for me, I mean, that's what I rely on. I couldn't be up here. I couldn't do anything on that field uh, without my Lord and Savior, man. And He's given me a, a piece of like a, a sense of peace, uh, even when everything around me is going crazy. So uh, just got to say that and, and give y'all a little nugget uh, of, of of the word. It's a gutsy performance from him. Right? It wasn't all clean, but he gutted it out. 
He was tough in the pocket, made some plays, right? Made some big time throws for us. And the receivers, they were reliable for him. They made those catches. They made tough catches, made big plays for us. So it's all those guys working together. But CJ was just a very gutsy performance by him. Nine, nine different rookie quarterbacks. I actually went back and tried to name them all on Sunday when I was uh, watching and thinking about C.J. Stroud and how he's head and shoulders above the rest at this point. I mean, that that does include Clayton Toon, who started Sunday, Jaron Hall for the Vikings, uh, Will Levis, who had four touchdowns in his Titans debut. Uh, it includes Tommy DeVito. <laughs> well, I guess he hasn't started yet, so he doesn't actually, he's not in, in among those nine. But Bryce Young, who's still playing for the Panthers, and Anthony Richardson, who's no longer available for the Colts. I mean, we've seen a variety of different rookie QBs. Um, and yet C.J. Stroud, clearly the head of the class. And so a come-from-behind win engineered by the, the Texans. They're now 4-4, four and four while the, which is amazing, while the Buccaneers fall to 3-5. Uh, and five. Still comes down to little things, you know, doing your job at, at, at every snap, uh, every play. So um, there were a few times there on offense today where we, we didn't do that, and so we had to have some longer field goals. Obviously, Chase was perfect today, so... Um, that was good, but we, we should have been in better positions to go in the red zone and score more touchdowns. Uh, there was improvement in the run game, but um, just wasn't good enough. Uh, it's a team sport. It's the greatest team sport on earth, and you, you win as a team and you lose as a team. We didn't play good fundamental or technique, and we busted something that's everyday practice, and you can't do that. You can't play in this game. So Baker Mayfield points out that they missed an opportunity here or there because of field goals, and he's right. Uh, they, if you put touchdowns on the board, well, then we're not talking about this late game comeback. But credit the Texans as well, uh, and the nearly 500 yards of offense. Uh, and for C.J. Stroud, it's not just him. Obviously, the receivers right there in the mix, and and they've developed this great rapport with him. Not much of a run game. This is really more Chuck and Duck actually for both teams. Uh, and it was a lot of fun to watch. I hope that you caught the end of it. Uh, CBS aired the end of it after Raven Seahawks, and it was dynamic. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.